You sending the whoop? Shit, that's all you had to say. Get away from her, you bitch. Banana. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. You're not even interesting enough to make me sick. It's only an island if you look at it from the water. I'm your density. You think I'm gorgeous? You want to kiss me? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sending the Wolf. My name is Clark Wolf. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Today is a great episode. I am super excited. I am nervous about this episode, but I will get to that in a minute. Before I do, my guest is Jillian Jacobs, not to be confused with Gillian Jacobs, the wonderful actress and director. Jillian Jacobs is a wonderful screenwriter and friend and mom and lady. Um, Jillian's movie... Truth or Dare, starring Lucy Hale, is out this Friday, the 13th. And uh, so Jillian and I have been friends for several years, and we met through another mutual horror friend, Chelsea Stardust, who will be on this show at some point. Um, and, uh, And she and I, Jillian and I, actually worked on developing a project together that was not a horror project, funny enough. Um, but she's an incredible screenwriter. She's an all-around sweet lady. And um, we talked about Thelma and Louise. So I'll be honest with you, I'm recording this introduction a little early because I'm going to be out of town this weekend and uh, I'm exhausted. And um, so I think this intro might get a little loopy. Um, But uh, so, okay, Thelma and Louise, why am I nervous? Let me tell you. So every now and again, when we're getting into these conversations about films, You know, I've been doing this for a long time, and at this point I kind of know how to have conversations about things that maybe my opinion is not the shared opinion, or how do I have a conversation about something that affects me emotionally that I see in a movie um, while I'm still trying to be as objective as possible when I'm talking about the movie. So all of this consideration that goes into believe it or not, even though I know that I say some pretty ridiculous things sometimes, um, all this consideration goes into every word that I ever say or write publicly. Um, And, you know, I think that this is part of the world that I work in, the world that we live in with social media, with anonymity, um, and with... uh, there's a lot of aggression and I think a lot of that aggression in the world is let out via social media or via email or via, uh, you know, something behind a screen and, you know, whether, whatever kind of person, um, you are that you, if you have a passion, you know, you're, I'm sure you feel whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's movies, whether it's entertainment, whether it is, I mean, you name it, it, we're all passionate. There's a lot of us who are passionate people and a lot of us take to the internet to share those passions. Why am I saying all of this? Because I'm willing to bet that for a lot of you listening, when you say things, um, about a movie, let's say, you might not be as conditioned to really think about 
every single thing that you say and how it can be picked apart and how it can be attacked and how you can be attacked and how you can be undermined um, from all angles before the thing ever reaches your lips. And you'd think that because you're talking about art, there should be emotion attached to it. There can be emotion attached to it. Um, that's a good place for emotion to go when you're, and, and granted there needs to be um, objective criticism as well, especially if you are a professional, right? So being able to separate yourself from what you're watching and look at it objectively oftentimes is is important. Um, but then sometimes, you know, because it's art and art is an emotional thing, um, it can be really hard to separate yourself from that. And I said at the top of this intro that I was nervous about putting this show out because Thelma and Louise, in addition to being a fantastic film um, and a great movie by Ridley Scott and Callie, written by Callie Corey um, and performed, I mean, just act, the cast is so good across the board in this movie. This is an emotional movie, and this is an emotional movie for Jillian and for myself. And I'm already aware that by me saying this is an emotional movie, it's a girl saying that a girl movie, using quote fingers like Thelma and Louise, makes them emotional. And that just makes them sound more irrational, feminine, unstable, whatever words we want to use. I mean, these are the things that I think about, once again, Every single time I open my mouth publicly, um, how, how is this going to be able to be turned into something based on my background or who I am or what makes me who I am that will be able to discredit me and my opinion. So I was nervous about putting this episode out because Jillian and I have a lot of really frank, honest talk about what this movie is. And, um, this is a movie that is a great movie and it's a great movie no matter how you cut it. But it also has very serious underlying conversations going on about gender, about violence, about agency, about ownership, about, about a lot of different things. And um, I would encourage everybody to just please, if you are a fan of this show, I just hope that you'll listen I hope that this is, we're going to say some things in this episode that might make you uncomfortable, um, but they're honest. And I just think that maybe through the lens of using this film to talk about it, um, you know, my friend Adam said today when we were having dinner and I was telling him I was nervous about this episode, he said, I don't listen to podcasts to tell me that a movie is cool. Um, a DVD box can tell me that a movie is cool. I listen to podcasts to tell me why a movie matters. And um, I thought that was a really, really great way to explain what it is that I am trying to do on this show. Um, and also, I mean, tell you why movies are cool. And we're all, of course, talking about why movies are cool. But but Thelma and Louise is a cool movie that matters. And... Um, so that's what you're going to hear. And I'm, not, I'm just warning you, this is a dark episode, you guys. It gets dark. It's a dark episode with the Thelma and Louise and the movie that Jillian adds at the end. And we start talking about that and that gets really dark. It's a dark episode, but it's fun. I don't want to make it sound like dreary, but it's, it's you know, this is a heavy one. Uh, before I let you go, two things. Last week, 
uh, taxi driver episode with Ryan Prowse who directed Low Life. Did you watch Low Life? You are missing out if you haven't. It is on VOD and um, in theaters now from IFC Midnight. Uh, we were talking about Harvey Keitel in Taxi Driver and I said, oh, I just watched a movie where he was so wonderful and he was a little less edgy. What was it? Well, guess what it was, guys? It was Thelma and Louise. Mystery solved. Um, and finally... Uh, once again, Sending the Wolf is going to be doing a live episode in June in Atlanta. It's going to be on Saturday, June 16th in Atlanta, Georgia for the Terminus Conference. And last weekend I said, oh, just go to Terminus.com and you'll feel no wrong. So wrong, Clark. Not the right address. You go to TerminusEvent.com and you get 30% off your all access badge. If you use the code, all lowercase, one word, Sending the Wolf, S-E-N-D-I-N-G, the Wolf, double. W-O-L-F-E. Um, the Terminus Conference is a total blast. I have been involved with it on and off for the last decade. And um, I've had so many incredible conversations, not only with um, with filmmakers and you know, notable folks like Wally Pfister or Sean Gunn, um, the list goes on and on. But with you guys, with with attendees, with with young people or creatives just in general who are who are getting into the business from all angles, whether it's a production business, whether you're a fan, um, whether it's the production side of the business, whether you're a fan, whether you're in gaming, I mean, the list goes on and on. So if you are in the Southeast or if you can get to the Southeast in June, I highly recommend looking into the Terminus event. Um, not only because you're going to get to watch a live episode of Sending the Wolf be recorded, but also because these panels are awesome. There's a lot of great stuff coming. So um, there you go. That's all the housekeeping. That's all the warning. That's all the prefacing that you're going to get. Oh, Last thing. Sorry, this is a long intro. I realize. Uh, but the day this episode's coming out, there's been some news that has come out. I have recently become the host over at Fandom. And it is very exciting. Yay! Um, so you can find me doing news roundups and red carpets and junkets and all kinds of things over at fandom. Um, fandom.wikia.com. I think that's it. I really... Why do I say websites in these intros and then we don't edit them? But I am so proud to be a part of the fandom family. The podcast will continue, of course. Um, and uh, it's just the start of bigger and exciting, more exciting things to come. So thank you to the fandom team for for welcoming me with open arms and thank you to you guys for listening and I'm going to shut up now. Here we go. Jillian Jacobs. She's wonderful and so smart and she's the co-writer of Truth or Dare coming to theaters this Friday the 13th and we are going to talk about Ridley Scott's and Callie Corey's Thelma and Louise. <laughs> because I have all these girlfriends professionally, personally who have been married uh -huh. and I want to send them mail or mm -hmm. packages or whatever yeah. and I don't know what their names are anymore. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I actually haven't changed mine. It's just on Facebook I added yeah. it but I like I, I haven't done the legal thing and I don't think I don't think I'm going to at this point. Yeah. I, from, from what I hear, it's like such a nightmare to yes. do and it's just like I don't need to do that. Yeah. It's 2018. You have, <laughs> and you have, you have enough going on. Yes. I'll get to right. it when I get to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. My mom, always says you know it's funny my parents are both very um they're very cool um they're not they're definitely not hippies or anything but they're <laughs> yeah. like they're, they're cool uh -huh. and um and not stuffy and um 
my mom, you know, had a, a career in sales when she married my dad. Mm-hmm. And my dad is an attorney um, and, and a very successful one now, but at the time he was not. Uh-huh. Um, but what's funny is that so she had this career and like all of this and she, she had no intention of changing her name. Uh-huh. And then um, she said, but your dad got his feelings so hurt Aww. when I t- <laughs> It's a cool last name. It is a cool last name. It is. It is. And it worked out. You know, she's she's it's all fine. But um, but yeah, it just it's so funny that whole that whole deal. Then again, Mm -hmm. they are Southern. Yeah, well, it was a different time. Yes. You know, for sure. Of course. And the thing is, is I honestly it's not really even like for, you know, feminist reasons. No, no. It's more that I'm lazy <laughs> and like, and that I like the alliteration of my name. Yeah. Kind of, you know? So it rolls, yeah. it, it's such a, yeah, I yeah. like it too. Thank it's you. a good, it's a good name. <laughs> it's a good name both ways. Um, so, okay. So today we're going to talk about Felma and Louise, Yay. which is very exciting. It's mm-hmm. number 76 on the thrills list. Um, and, uh, and I was so excited that you picked this one good. because you know it's it always it's funny because the movie that people pick says a lot about them (laughs) or at least what's on their mind in some ways Mm -hmm. and I think that that's very cool and um and always entertaining for me um Uh but this is this is a movie that I feel like everybody thinks they know Mm -hmm. everybody's heard of it right you know but I think that when it comes down to actually watching the movie or or actually having seen the movie recently, mm-hmm. maybe they're not as familiar with it as they think they are. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it a handful of times now, and I didn't see it until I was in college, and it was one of those things where yep. it was in the culture. Obviously, I knew of the names Thelma and Louise, and I guess I kind of knew the story, but I didn't actually, you know... I. It's like when you're born, you like you just you hear about the Beatles, you think you're right. the Beatles, but then you listen to them, and you're like, wait a minute, right? Oh, okay, you know. So I knew about it obviously, and then I watched it in college for the first time, and I read the script in a class, and um, and I was like, wow, this is like just so much better than I really ever imagined, yes. and I really there was so much about it that I didn't really know, mm-hmm. you know. And then obviously, there's a lot more to it than people I think remember. Yeah, because I think the um, the premise is so iconic, but also that final shot mm-hmm. is so right. like that's what people know. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and they and feel that's what's it, been parodied. Right. And, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but there and and I always forget. I mean. Uh, you know, forget may be the wrong word, but I always, it's easy to forget that Ridley Scott right. made this movie. Right, which is amazing. It is amazing yeah. <laughs> because, you know, especially now, he's so known for Gladiator right. and for The Martian and mm-hmm. for, you know, Alien and mm-hmm. all of these sort of action um, and very, you know, male protagonists, right. um, which that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I think it's it's easy to forget that this is a movie directed by Ridley Scott right. and it feels like a Ridley Scott movie. Totally, totally. Like it doesn't, it, and when I was rewatching it yesterday, I never felt like, oh, I'm watching a softer version of a Ridley right. Scott or anything. Mm-hmm. It feels like a like a huge serious movie. Yeah, definitely. But with but with like fun sort of genre elements to it. Yes. And it's funny, we can get into this maybe a little bit later, but I um I was trying to do a little bit of research about like when it came out or just the making yep. of it and everything and I don't know if you stumbled on this, there was a Vanity Fair yes. article. Yeah. So I just read that yesterday, which is awesome. And it's so interesting that like Ridley Scott was just trying to produce it for mm-hmm. a while and then finally he was kinda like 
you know, he had been interviewing directors and I guess he just kept finding reasons not to choose them. And then somebody was finally like, listen, you just have to direct this. And yes. like, okay, I guess I do, you know? Yeah. So it was really inter- interesting. Allegedly, it was Michelle Pfeiffer right. that was like, you right. need to do this. And it's yeah. funny. So I'm glad you brought that up now mm-hmm. because I have, I'm pulling up screen grabs, but, mm-hmm. um, oh, cool. so Smart. I, I always say on this show that it's not a trivia lesson and, right. and not a history lesson and, and that, and that's true, mm-hmm. but There was something, you know, I learned when I did the Shawshank Redemption episode because Mm -hmm. I made the mistake of not knowing um, some information about the characters in the novella Mm. that are very different from... I didn't know that Morgan Freeman's character was Irish in the novel. And and so, and that was something that was really interesting to me was, was, you know, this African-American man at this time period Mm -hmm. in this jail, in this prison system, and how that's, like, never addressed Mm -hmm. in the movie. And then, so we had this long conversation, and I try not to do too much research because, you know, I don't want to... And then I went back and realized, no, no, no. it can really help inform the movie a lot of the time, you know, if you yes. know certain things. Well, yeah. and this was one, too, where Callie Corey specifically, like, I mean, this is her first credited oh screenplay. And her <laughs> story of that journey. Yeah. And, and, and then, and winning an Oscar. Know, and winning, like, all these things. But then I look, and then I look at her IMDb, though, too, and I'm like, okay, and then she did something to talk about, or, uh-huh. right, that's what it was called, yep. right. And then, um... What was there was oh divine secrets yeah. of the yeah, yeah, sisterhood yep. but I'm just like this woman should have had should have had so many more movies made I mean granted listen you it takes a long time I mean it takes a long time to write movies it also not everyone is gonna be Thelma Louise right. it just hits you like that and you just see it you know which like when in that article when she's talking about how she literally like got out of her car and just saw the whole movie yes. like a bolt of lightning like. As a writer, it's just like, oh my god, I'm so jealous yeah. of that because that kind of like when you just see something, that stuff happens like so rarely. Yes, you know, um, and you know, you hear like people like, yeah, I just I wrote it in like two weeks or whatever. And it's like, oh my god, <laughs> that, that does not all... happen. Yeah, you know, that... we should all be so lucky. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and that was what was so you know the idea of her credits currently. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that we, when I was Which reading, none of those other movies are bad. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. But I do think that it says a lot. First of all, she wanted to direct. I, knew, right. I think she always knew that she wanted to direct Thelma and Louise. And mm-hmm. then when the opportunity came up mm-hmm. for for um, Ridley's company to produce it, yeah, it was a it was a very valid question for mm-hmm. her to have to answer. Like, look, yeah. do you want to spend a decade trying to cobble together teeny tiny dollars right. and and do it yourself, mm-hmm. or do you want to? let you know work with this producer mm-hmm. and let him be hands-on but also right. work with him right um and let this be something else and yeah. and that's that's a real like especially if you have a passion to take this into your own hands mm-hmm. it's a it's a real decision that right. you have to make but oh, yeah. I think that what we see is that she you know directed Yaya Sisterhood oh she did I didn't realize that yeah oh, okay and and that cast was oh yeah I mean ridiculous yes um Sandy B my oh, girl yeah, I love her um but also <laughs> was the biggest book at the time right right and and but it it is interesting how a Mm -hmm. lot of her stuff save um nashville Mm -hmm. which she created which i think is amazing Mm -hmm. um but a lot of her feature work was kind of like these are soft lady movies and thelma and louise i'm sorry is not a soft lady movie no and it's almost you know you have to i don't not i don't know who directed something to talk about and obviously that movie and Yaya Sisterhood don't have the action genre elements that Thelma and Louise have. So, you know, it's a little different, but, you know, you have to wonder, like, 
were because Thelma and Louise was directed, you know, by Ridley Scott and not Callie Corey. Mm-hmm. Like, was it maybe even taken more seriously because of that? I'm, you know, I'm sure. Obviously, she was hadn't directed anything either, so you know, he had that credibility and was, right. is a great director. But you know, you definitely have to wonder, sort of, like what's given credence. Yeah, you know, for sure. And a movie like this, I think, is definitely sort of an anomaly in that way, um, because. It is about women. It's so much about women's experiences, mm. but it's you know it's one of those movies where you actually give it credit, whereas in other hands it could have easily just sort of been written off. Yeah, you know. Well, it's it's an anomaly. I think this movie's an anomaly in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, because I, so I was thinking, you know, I, when speaking of Shawshank, um, when I was watching Shawshank for the podcast, I had never seen it before. Okay. And yeah, so I haven't was, seen it in a long time. Yeah. Honestly. So it was the. First first time that I had seen it as you know ever but watching Mm -hmm. it as an adult you know in 2017 like there there was definitely I started asking myself a lot of questions because I also know how important Shawshank is to so many men that I know yeah um across you know backgrounds and um ages it's Mm -hmm. it's a movie that really resonated and so I googled um like you know women I I tried to google like I was like how would I even phrase this to try and find a comparable Shawshank Mm -hmm. for for a woman yeah and it's and and it just doesn't exist like do you know what I mean yeah and and so there are some movies like I mean this Shawshank definitely but also like you know Big Lebowski sort of that does that too that really just for some reason like men of all kinds yes really love these movies those two especially I think are like you know You'd be hard pressed to find a guy who doesn't like love those movies. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But I think that this movie, you know, is so like it, it's such a great movie, regardless of um, the fact that it is remembered for being this like female mm-hmm. empowerment. And I'm yeah. using that in quote fingers mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a great movie yes. across the board. Yes, like it's a western right. almost. Totally. Which I oh think yeah, it's is, an outlaw story. Exactly. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is so fucking cool it's it's brilliant it's really it's so simple but it's brilliant because it's so simple you know yeah and it hadn't been done before it was just a brilliant like landscape for that story absolutely yes for well and i think that you know the the american the american southwest is such a um sweeping huge you know if you look up ridley talking about any of uh, talking about this movie at Mm -hmm. any point in his career he describes it as an odyssey Mm -hmm. and that i think that's a perfect word and and yet the idea that this english director right. um was able just got so much yeah. of this culture and this landscape and mm-hmm. i think that's Callie's script in a lot of yeah, ways definitely. um but yeah it was just so it's just such a big beautiful american yes. film yeah definitely Very in much. a lot of ways mm-hmm. um so so when you you know you had you seen this movie recently or um maybe in the last year or two okay. but um, I feel like every time I watch it, I like I watch it and I'm sort of just like shocked at like, oh yeah, this movie's so freaking good. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I just kind of forget again, like just how like deeply I feel it mm-hmm. when I watch it and just like the script is perfect. Mm-hmm. It really is a perfect script. And it's like every time I watch it, I feel like, you know, as a writer, I'm always just like, God, you know, this is like, this would be the like what everybody should aspire to, you know, 
just as far as like structure goes and character it is so strong from the just from like beginning to end yeah yeah and and we should all be we should all hope to be as clever as her because yeah. I wrote down so many of these lines oh yeah there, it, it is like it aside from structure mm-hmm. just just what the words on the page yeah. are so clever mm-hmm. and smart oh yeah and and but authentic it yes. never feels like these women are telling jokes oh yeah or or speaking outside of who their character would actually be totally it feels so it, it feels like it, yeah it feels so authentic they feel like from just from when you first meet them you like know exactly who they are yes like they, she just does such an amazing job really like illustrating them in visual ways but also just letting their personalities really like shine through and they are they are such opposites in a lot of ways yes but like, they, they do feel they feel really real and they find humor in pain, which is very real. And very Southern. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You would know. <laughs> um, so you, are you, not that, not that anybody has to be a one or the other, <laughs> but are, would you say, are you a Thelma or a Louise or have oh you boy. thought about it? Oh my God. I haven't thought about it. Let me think about this for a second. You can think about it because you, I, I can answer this definitively. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I am a Louise. Okay. I am a Louise so hard. Uh-huh. Um, it was, it was honestly a little uncomfortable watching this movie again yesterday uh-huh. because I have girlfriends that I've known since we were children mm-hmm. and, um, and now we're adults and the dynamics of this, of like the guy coming over and, <laughs> and having to talk to you because you're with the quote uh-huh. pretty one. Oh, stop it. And Are you kidding? well, <laughs> I, I was saying like you, you have a Thelma and you have a Louise yeah. and then you have Louise being like, get the fuck away right. from I'm us. I'm trying we're, to talk to my friends exa- here. This yeah. is, this <laughs> is me and my girlfriend Ginny to a T oh and God. but on a more like on the more serious side of that mm-hmm. if anybody ever if I ever walked in or saw anybody hurting her and yeah. I had a gun I would fucking shoot them yeah I mean I <laughs> like I I really thought about that like I could I should take that back because I'm not I I don't You're actually, not a violent person. I'm not a violent person I actually <laughs> really yeah, exactly and yeah. that, that's right mm-hmm. and I and to be fair I am um, I don't, I don't like guns. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've never really liked them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I, I say that so easily and I don't mean <laughs> that I would, but I could, I would say that if I were put in that situation, I would probably, there are, there is something in me that would Snap. react. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's so, yeah. I mean, that's how I think they describe it too with her is just also like, I mean, obviously I think she would do anything to help her friend, but just from her own past sort of being confronted with yeah. this she just she kind of snaps you know like and it's it's a like a almost like a knee-jerk reaction when he says that to her because they're walking away mm-hmm. you know and that's what's so brilliant about the script is like you know there's enough there for them to doubt themselves that what they did was wrong even though he really deserved it yeah and it sounded like from even from what the waitress was saying that right. he he's a piece of shit and does this kind of stuff all the time you know yeah. so listen i'm not saying i'm not advocating going out there and just murdering dudes but uh but yeah it, that's what's so great about the script is like really it's it, louise did something wrong yeah even though oh yeah he you know he did something he, wrong he first. deserved it right he did something wrong first but they were walking away and and but what he said just snapped you know made her snap um, and I, I don't want to keep bringing up that article because I think we should be, you know, also talking about the movie, but I think they described it like Susan Sarandon, it was almost like in her mind, she, she felt like she was going to go hit him, but instead she has the gun in her hand. She right. shoots him. Right. And, um, I just thought that 
seems very realistic. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you, do you know, are you, I, I, are you a combination? Like you could be, be combination. Probably more Louise, probably more Louise. I guess, well, does anybody really want to be Thelma? Because, I mean, granted, she has an amazing, like, arc, and she goes through such a transformation. So maybe you do want to be Louis, or Thelma because, you know, you get to, like, hook up with JD and everything. But, like, you know, Thelma in the beginning really just, like, she's such a flake. Yeah. She, like, has no, you know, agency, and she's kind of, like, okay being the sidekick, you know, or, like, take, being the background with her husband. And then even with Louise, she's the one who, you know, she... Louise is the one in control very right, much, you right. know, like Thelma's such a like child mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, so I, maybe I have, I don't know, maybe I have some parts of Thelma mm-hmm. in me, but I, I definitely feel like I, uh, could probably relate more to Louise, her, her sort of, um, she's so like, not that I'm really that hardened, but she's very world weary kind mm-hmm. of, you know, and, um, She's very, I mean, what's funny is I look at her like she's a very strong character. Yeah. But, and again, I don't want to keep bringing this stuff up, but I, I listened to a little bit of the commentary, too, after mm. I watched it with, um, and it, it was Callie, Corey, Susan Sarandon, and Gina Davis. And oh, Susan wow. Sarandon was talking about how, you know, people talk about Louise like she is this really strong mm-hmm. character, and I, I feel that way about her, but Susan was like, you know, I always saw her as somebody who really is just, like, barely keeping it together. Of course, Which yeah. is, which, when she said that, I was like, Totally, you can definitely see that, you know, and she's she's strong only in that she's continuing to move on, continuing to move forward and not just breaking down, mm-hmm. but she's barely sort of keeping it together. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, yeah. like, that's the thing that I like so much about these characters is that there, it, it's not this weird place that we're in now where everybody has to be like, like if you're going to put a, a quote fingers, powerful woman on screen, mm-hmm. she's not allowed to be flawed. Right. She's not allowed, like she yeah. has to, like th- it, it's so, it, it's so weird mm-hmm. to me. Like yeah. that's not how people are. Right. And that's not how I, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you, this movie came out in 1991, and there's so much about it that is, like, nuanced, and these characters feel so real, and they are flawed, but they're also still very strong. And then you do kind of look at, like, at least sort of, like, big blockbusters these days, yeah. or, or maybe even just action movies. And, you know, yeah, there's this, like, stereotype of strong female character. And it is true. It's basically, like, the strong female character is a woman who pretty much is just a man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which... You know, women can be that way too, but they're not, they're really not usually as deep as these characters are and as human, Mm -hmm. you know? They're a lot of times very almost like inhuman because, you know, God forbid there's a woman who does have a flaw and then then everybody, oh, you know, this movie makes, says all women are like this. And I think we have to stop thinking about things in terms of like, this movie has a character who's like this, so therefore this movie's saying all women are like this, Right. you know? And it's hard when you have big movies and there is one female character. Right. So that's that's where that stuff comes from, you know, because yeah. you just, you get one representation of a woman and you get five representations of men, you know. So I think right. that is where that instinct comes from. But it's, um, these two get to be so many different things. Yeah. And well, you really don't see that though. And often. I think too, you know, it's like, so I was just thinking about um, the movie Atomic Blonde. Mm, I was which, just thinking about that too. Yeah, really. which which I really, I really enjoy that yeah, movie. I, I like too. it a lot. Yeah. And, but I think to use that as an example, it's almost like, 
you're presented with this um, facade mm -hmm. of this woman and and then you get one, two, three scenes of emotion mm -hmm. or authenticity. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's like, you know, I have to be strong all the time. Mm -hmm. But when you see those hints of humanity, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this is complicated. Yeah. And what I love about Thelma and Louise is that all of that is interwoven the whole time. Yeah. So it's totally. not like we have to stop everything and have a, a softer moment. Right. It's no, these, yeah. these it's a look, it's a line, yes. it's a back and forth. It's, right. you know, right. uh, it's really, it's, it's it's consistent mm -hmm. and it is um it's really mixed together really nicely yeah totally and and what's great about them too is like you know louise starts off as the quote-unquote strong one but when they you know all their money gets stolen she has a she has a breakdown and right. it's selma who steps up and so they get to trade roles too you know it's not just like okay you know they're they're these two people in the beginning and then they're the same two people at the end it's like they're very much on equal footing at the end yeah you know and they both go through i mean thelma goes through i think a huge transformation yes. um obviously i think she you know probably more so than louise but um just the fact that they you know they're not just like louise is the strong one thelma's the weak one like they get to you know switch it up you know, threat, which feels very real. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's funny because I did write down that, um, you know, one of the things that Callie Curry had said was, um, for the first thing I thought was really funny was that she, uh, had been producing music videos mm -hmm. for Montley Crew and Foreigner. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. So can you imagine? Like all of these, oh, you know, this, this culture or lifestyle or yeah, whatever, right. um, that you have to just sort of go, okay, uh -huh, yeah, mm -hmm, right. this, this is my, my job. job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, we've all been there. But she said that, you know, we had more power as a team mm -hmm. for you know and I thought she had more power as a team and and I thought that they or they had more power as yeah. a team mm -hmm. and I really I think that that kind of comes down to the love story the coupling mm -hmm. um and, and when I say a love story I don't even necessarily mean like that's that's another thing that's so interesting to me is people cannot comprehend it's so hard for people to comprehend love on a on a really greater level unless mm -hmm. it's between a romantic partner right. yeah you know and I think that these two women are just their love for each other oh, is yeah. I love that one of the things that I love about this is that you never once see them or, in my opinion, believe that one of them would leave the other. Right. Totally. Never. Yeah. I actually, you know, it's funny because I was, as I was watching it this time, there is that moment where Thelma is asking Louise if she's going to give her up or whatever. And I was like, for the first time, I was like, wait, is this meant for us to think that that could happen? And then as things progressed, I was like, no, I think there was never, I think, I think, the purpose is the point there is that there was never a point where Louise would, right. would even consider doing that. And but I think that uh, the any audience would want to ask that question, right. mm -hmm. you know, or or but it's funny because I didn't remember that I didn't remember that part that there was sort of like a question brought up, but I was like, you know, uh, her response was meant to be read, I think, as and and was and in her actions mm -hmm. that no, there's absolutely no way we're in this together. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um it's it is funny though, because this is uh, you know, when we when you think about um when you think about the hesitation that there is, I think, about this movie, or even I think what people still think this movie is, if you I'll link to this Vanity Affair article mm -hmm. we're talking about, but um 
you know, the reaction, according to Ridley Scott, the reaction mm -hmm. he was getting was that, you know, these protagonists are detestable and unsympathetic. I was so shocked by that. Or that it's too, the, the, that the one, another reaction from a director is it's two bitches in a car. I, that, yeah. Um, or, or, and, and this was the one that was so funny to me was, um, it's small, right? Like a director read the script and said to Ridley, ah, it's kind of small. I know. Are you like, are you kidding me? And his reaction was, what the fuck are you talking yeah, just about? Because this it's is mostly epic. two characters. Yeah, exactly. Just because it's mostly two characters does not mean it's small. They're going on a crime spree. They blow up like an oil like <laughs> truck. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, it actually, there's, there's a lot more sort of genre elements too that I, than I remembered. I mean, not like it's like a full, it's not like Grindhouse. Yeah. You know, but like there's, there's guns, there's explosions, there's, you know, car chases. Like, it's. It's got all those elements to it. Totally. It's, it's insane that somebody would say that it's small. Well, and I feel like that's sort of executive or director or industry speak for... It's about women. I Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say... I don't yeah. want to make... I know that it's wrong for me to say, you know, I didn't connect to this material yeah. probably because it's two women and they're the protagonists. Mm -hmm. And so this probably isn't the right movie for me. Right. Uh, and, you know, it, we're half an hour into this conversation <laughs> and... I know, like, I think that saying those words as a director, right? You, you read this material and you go, as a director, I didn't respond to it because it's two female protagonists mm -hmm. and that doesn't speak to me. That is a perfectly fine I, per perspective to have mm -hmm. as a director, right. right? Like, but I think that when you get into the, place where you actually see the film to write it off in such a way is probably not as I, I don't buy that as easily. Does that yeah. make sense? Well, and on it, on it, you have to think that anybody who would say that either that it's small or that it's two bitches in a car probably doesn't, isn't even in tune with themselves enough to be yes. able to be like, Oh, you know, I'm a guy and I am not used to sympathizing with women's stories. So that's why I don't feel, you know, yes. like I'm sure they had no idea to them. It's just like, it's such a surface thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I just don't, you know, yeah, it's not my thing, but it's like, why? Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the looking deeper and, and asking why I think, you know, okay, this is another thing that I kind of was like, holy shit, <laughs> this is pretty awesome. Uh -huh. um, and when I say awesome, I don't mean awesome because it's, it's horrible. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> but um, Ridley Scott making a movie where they don't shy away from the word rape. Yeah. Like, oh my God. They, yeah. I noticed that in this movie, mm -hmm. they don't, they say mm -hmm. rape and yeah. they say it a lot. Yeah. Because that's what it is. Yes. And he is not threatened by that right. as a director, right. which mm -hmm. I think is just blew my mind. It's honestly, it's so shocking to me that this movie was made in 1991 because the ideas that it's putting forward about rape and about how women are are, are believed or not believed yes. it is shocking to me that this movie was so huge and was like in the collective consciousness consciousness and yet here we are in 2018 and like people are it, it's women are coming out and being believed finally yeah. but it's like taken but it's taken so much and pe women are still torn down yeah for coming forward about this kind of thing but just the fact that this like that this movie had that sort of idea and it was actually 
it wasn't really questioned. Yeah. Like it seemed like people understood a little bit or, or obviously if this movie resonated that like people weren't like that doesn't make sense to me or maybe people were you know yeah. maybe people were like why wouldn't they just call the police you know whatever right. I'm sure there were probably people who didn't understand that mindset yeah. but just the fact that this movie even you know that was sort of the premise that was hinging on this idea that we can't go to the police because it's your word against his mm -hmm. and you were dancing with him all night and it's just it's rape culture it's about rape culture and we're still struggling to have people understand rape culture yeah. and like to really you know kind of define it but that's why this movie's so amazing to me and i love that i just i really love that that nothing is implied mm -hmm. in oh, right. this one yeah because i feel like now mm -hmm. if this movie were made now mm -hmm. i feel like it would I don't know. It might be either way on the other end of the spectrum where it is even more brutal mm -hmm. and upsetting yeah, right. than than the way it's shot yeah. now. Yeah. Or it would be this weird implication that mm -hmm. everybody knows what it means. Right. Um, but either one, I feel like now actually using the word would be controversial. Yeah. Would actually yeah. using the word rape yeah. multiple times throughout the movie. Right. And calling it what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I, I don't know. It's like, but then again, I can... I can already imagine that maybe there's a listener or two being mm -hmm. like, I hear the word rape all the time. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's a fair, you know, it's, it's just a very, um, tangled yeah. situation. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, but I really, really liked how, how, how Ridley Scott handled it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's funny because I, I, as I was watching it, I was like, what I liked, too, is, I mean, I hadn't really thought about what you said, which is that they really don't shy away from calling it what it is, mm -hmm. which is amazing. But when they're talking about Louise, it is pretty subtle. Like, it's, you know, yes. she doesn't have... I, I feel like today she would have a long monologue explaining yes. what happened. But in this movie, it's very much... It's, it's, it's very subtle, and you're sort of meant to figure out that she was raped and was not believed mm -hmm. and you know maybe even was um was faced some kind of legal consequence mm -hmm. for even claiming it something like that you know because she's like you don't want to texas is not where you want to get caught right. you know obviously that's about murder but like you well i really liked that you don't you don't need to hear the details yeah you know like the, po the point is is that this happened to her and she was not believed. Right. And that's what led to this entire thing, you know? Well, and I think it's also representing different kinds of survivor stories mm -hmm. because some survivors are not ready to talk about right. it. Right, yeah, exactly. Some survivors never want to talk about yeah. it. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that, you know, because uh, Louise was there mm -hmm. for for what happened to Thelma, mm -hmm. I don't know if Thelma would have ever told her. That's true. Do you true. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. The idea that, yeah. that she just happened to walk in on it. Yeah. But how many people keep those secrets that change their totally. life and change the way they are mm -hmm. forever. Yeah. Because Louise is changed forever. And yes. I think that's another really fun layer to, well, fun is again, the wrong <laughs> word, but really compelling layer mm -hmm. that is all throughout that movie is, is, you know, we're, we see Louise, um, presented and how she presents. She is mm -hmm. buttoned up and yeah. she's got the hair ready and mm -hmm. she's on schedule and she's got she's her packing her clothes in little Ziploc bags. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I also wanted to talk about Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Um, because he is... He's a freaking teddy bear. He, 
Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. Yeah. Is that he is always... Uh, we think of him or he's he's cast in ways where he's tough or he's scary oh, yeah. or he's dangerous and in this one he is so sympathetic yeah. to these women right. and I, I and, and as it also is there's a bigger portrayal of law enforcement in this movie right. like a bigger discussion mm-hmm. but he is there on the forefront mm-hmm. like really trying to protect these women yeah I don't know it was it really struck me yeah no I mean he's he's so good in this um and he really is like that's what's it it makes it it makes the movie so heartbreaking because you know that he's on their side and they I mean I think I still don't think they would have turned themselves in for any reason because they're just they've finally like reach their breaking point and they're like we're no longer gonna live under this bullshit we're just yes. gonna you know which is amazing but it like the end when he's running after their car because you know that like he would help them yeah he would do everything he could to you know make sure they didn't you know go to jail forever or yeah. whatever but um he's yeah he's so he's so good in this i love the scene where he's talking to the waitress um right after harlan is found or whatever and he like the waitress i love her too she's so amazing she's great she's so great um but like they just sort of have almost like a little like cutesy flirtation almost going on and he just seems like such a teddy bear and I think he was like perfect. Yeah, perfect. Super charming, mm-hmm. and would not the you know the the bad lieutenant guy. I would not be my first choice for this. <laughs> obviously, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is makes it so it works so well, and like he's, uh, it's just so great when they're at you know at Thelma's house and like Daryl's standing in his pizza and like <laughs> he's like you know trying not to crack up. It's so great. Oh my god. Christopher oh, McDonald, yes. right? Yes. Christopher McDonald. Yes. Um, doing his best <laughs> Danny McBride cosplay. Oh my god, I know. I oh, it's so perfect. Just oh. again, another great performance in yes. this movie that I totally forgot about. Yeah. Um, hilarious. He's so good, and he's so like he's so perfect as that guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because before I rewatched it, I was thinking about I was just thinking about the movie, and I was like, you know. His character is maybe the one thing that kind of goes a little broad. Yeah. Which, I mean, he definitely goes broad, but but it, there's shades of real dudes in that guy. I mean, you, especially, like, I think, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a carpet salesman, you know, who thinks he's, like, so smooth, and he's got this beautiful wife at home. Yep. But he, you know, thinks he's a player or whatever, and so he's definitely, you know, he's, he's definitely broad, but I love that they didn't like hesitate to, and it sounded like maybe Ridley Scott was a little bit more um, pushing this, but they didn't hesitate to bring funny moments yes, to this Yes, absolutely. Movie. Yeah. It doesn't have to be super serious right. all the time. Right. The serious stuff is very serious. Yeah, right. But that's why the movie feels, I think, so real because life isn't just drama. Life isn't just comedy there's just there's just everything in between yeah so you really get you know sort of the the range of just real life mm-hmm. you know and sometimes sad things are funny mm-hmm. Some, you know like that sometimes you laugh out of just pure like laugh to keep from crying yeah and there's so much of that in this movie oh yeah for sure well like they say you get what you settle for yes um <laughs> such a good line know, it's so great but also i mean you know yeah and um brad pitt Oh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad Pitt. I mean, hello world, Brad yeah. Pitt's here. Oh my God. Um, he is very, very charming in this yes. movie. Oh yeah. And very good in this movie. You get the sense that that's sort of also maybe just who he is as a person. Sure. It's just, I'm sure, I mean, you know, 
actors, I think the really the really big ones that sort of shine bright, like just sort of are that way in their real lives and they just have it. And uh, I think it's obviously very clear that he probably just really had it. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because in that article, it's, uh, he supposedly had to really chase the role. Uh, and then Gina Davis was kind of the one who was like, uh, yeah, duh, this guy, like, hello. <laughs> um, but it's, he is so great. He really is. He's really, he's funny. I love his, um, uh, you know, robbery spiel and yes. everything. But I am like such a Michael Madsen girl. Oh, he's so good in this yeah. movie. Oh my god, he's so he's so <clears throat> like tortured and I mean, nineties Michael Madsen mm-hmm. is like it's when I was a child. This is embarrassing that I'm going to say this, but you know, you watch you, Free Willy. Of course, was everyone's favorite movie, oh. and I remember watching that movie and having these feelings about Michael Madsen and not realizing like what this was. Oh my god! And then later, I'm like, oh, I just totally had a crush on him. And yeah, he's just like, he's such, he's very masculine, but mm-hmm. also you know, like kind of tortured, and he's. I think he was a perfect choice for for Jimmy. He's a great foil for mm-hmm. Susan Sarandon's yes. Louise. Yes. You know, like in in terms of because you can you can look up the actors who are gonna play the roles uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah. And and obviously it between um, one pairing was Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep. Yeah. And that is a totally different movie. Oh my God! Yes. Um, Which Death Becomes Her is great. It's. I'm so glad they got to make something together. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Jodie Foster. Yeah. which is uh, another right. really... Di- also, because those women, both of those women are so small. They're both yeah. physically very small right. people. Uh-huh. Michelle Pfeiffer and Jodie Foster. Yeah. And so I I feel like it'd just be like, whoa. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's very... I mean, I, it's... You can't imagine anybody else in these roles. Yeah. But one one pairing I thought was really interesting was what Callie Corey wanted, which was uh, Frances McDormand and Holly Hunter. Yes. Which would have been the other pairing that I would have been behind. That... Like, that would have been an interesting movie. Oh, sure. yes. That... Yeah. that that would have been a yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I, but yeah, I mean, I don't, nobody else I think uh, could have, uh, they could, they obviously are amazing actresses, but these two together and just clearly, I think really, you know, it's endured so much yeah. as it's, it's those two, yeah, you know, for sure. But the, but Michael Madsen is so good and yeah. I was so funny. Be, and, and also I liked how, um, I know this is going to sound weird, but like, I liked how they didn't, this character, his character is not um, a a caricature, meaning right. he's not a super good guy, Yeah. Uh, but he's not, you know... Daryl. Yeah, he's not mm-hmm. Daryl. Um, he, and in like the scene in the hotel room where he just gets so mad and starts yeah. breaking shit and throwing things around and you're mm-hmm. just like, okay, this is, maybe this isn't the healthiest relationship right. in the world, right. but... But it is feels like a real relationship. Right. Yeah. It's flawed. Yeah. And there's there's you know, there's good things about it. There's bad things about it. Yeah. You know he, you know he he comes with the ring only after she's sort of like, you know, run yeah. off. And it's, it's such a like kind of just sad, depressing yeah. you know thing when he you know just hands it to her, doesn't even look at her. You know. But, um, but yeah, it feels real. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I just, I think that this one is, oh, there was one more scene that I wanted to definitely mm-hmm. bring up because, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. We can cut it if we need to. Okay. But it's the scene with the trucker in the oh, end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
I think this movie really goes out of its way to not hit you over the head with some stuff. Yeah. But this is a scene that feels... It feels like it's a crowd pleaser mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Because it's uh it's a he is a caricature. Yes. Um, not to say though that people like that do not exist because right. they do. Yes. Um, but the bigger and, and it feels good for for the audience to get to, you know, like say fuck you in mm-hmm. a way that ends with a giant explosion. Right, right. And them being badasses exactly. and like, you know, t- circling him in the yeah. car and then bolting. Yeah. Um, but this is a scene that also stood out to me because he comes to the car, he walks to their car, and they call him out to his face mm-hmm. and they hold him accountable yeah. to his face. Right. Like, you don't have good man. F- what the fuck is this? Right. What would your wife or your mother or your sister yeah. say? Right. Um, and he is so confused. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. this, and it's a, it's small moments. Yeah. It's really small. But you, I love that we see his face. We are watching mm-hmm. him process right. what is happening. Right. That, wait a minute, women don't like it when I wiggle my tongue at them and like, you know, yeah, or, make these obscene gestures. Or on an even simpler level... It's not even about they don't like it. It's who are these women uh-huh. saying to me and calling me? Mm-hmm. What? Why are they talking to me like this? Right. Yeah. Why, right. They, they shouldn't talk to me like this. Right. I get to do whatever I want to do. And yeah. it doesn't matter how it affects them. And, They're not people. Right. And yeah. from the safe space of mm-hmm. my cabin, right. yeah. of my truck, where mm-hmm. I loom over them. Right. And I drive the biggest car on the road. Yeah. And I <laughs> take up all of the space. Right. Yeah. It's like the accountability in this way mm-hmm. was almost more interesting to me than making the rapist, you know, shooting uh-huh. this rapist yeah. and, and saying, fuck you. Yeah. Um, I don't know that scene. And, and I, and then it turns into, by the way, I love, I just love this whole scene so much mm-hmm. because it turns into him saying the first things he says, you're crazy. Yeah. Which right. is oh my God. such a, you know, you women and your emotions, you're yep. so crazy. Uh-huh. Um, she, Louis, they pull guns on him. Yeah. And he says, fuck you. Right. And then he calls them bitches. bitches. Yeah. And it's like, she has a gun on you. Right. If, there, if <laughs> anyone, like... It's just so good that yeah. he believes his stature to be bigger yeah. than them and their guns. Right, right. And and then, you know, for him to, his first reaction when they don't want to have a threesome with him is to call them bitches and, you know, basically turn the whole, like, you know, resorting to calling them names like a lot of people on the internet might do. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah, and he... Well, I think one criticism of this movie is that people say the male characters are caricatures uh-huh. or they're all bad. And I definitely think with Daryl and this truck driver, like, the truck driver is very over the top. Yeah. Like, his performance is, is definitely very, like, rubbery and kind of hammy. But there is, there's so many, like, shades to both him and Daryl that are so real. Oh, yeah. That I think people maybe also just kind of, like, don't know how to confront that. Yeah. That there are men in this world who really think that way and act that way. Yeah. And so I kind of, I mean, I understand, but 
I, I prefer, I like that they're sort of comedic too, because again, that it like brings levity to something that is sort of very serious that's going on, yeah. you know, like the way that these women are treated by these men. So he, his performance always kind of makes me like a little bit like, I, it makes me laugh, but I'm also like, this is very over the top kind of like, I feel like he's going to. It's almost Beetlejuicey. It kind of reminds me mm, of Beetlejuice a that's little bit in a weird way. I don't know what it is, but um, but yeah, I mean, I I love I love that moment because it it is a crowd pleaser, and it's like by that point the audience is one hundred percent on their side, mm-hmm. and you just want to see them like fuck shit up. Yeah, you know? yeah, and also though I feel like there there are. There are people like the truck yeah, driver, you yeah. know, and but but that's and that's the interesting thing about a movie like this is that it's held to a standard mm-hmm. of yeah. everything has to be relatable. Mm-hmm. It can, we cannot insult right. a portion of the audience, right. um, you know, yeah. like for instance, um, something that just came to mind in, in the Hangover is um, I've and, never seen actually. Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, okay. I love The Hangover. Uh-huh. Um, there, I love it. Mm-hmm. I rem- that's one of my favorite movie-going experiences. I I watched it at home a handful of times. Mm-hmm. It's still funny to me. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, the the women in that movie are um, the bride, the woman who's mm-hmm. getting married, which we don't really spend too much. She's just like, where is my husband? Because yeah. they've lost him, right. um, and he's supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's Ed Helms' girlfriend who is the shrew. I mean, she is the, the you know, prototypical. There's, no, there's, only, there's two types of women. And then there's Heather Graham, who's the stripper with the heart okay. of gold. Okay, well, there you go. Okay, and so she's, there's three types and of every, women. And everybody has, those, all those gals have, like, um, have like two two or three scenes each, uh-huh. um, and and you find out like about Ra- Rachel Harris plays Ed Helms's very controlling mean girlfriend okay. that she had an affair and mm. he knows about it okay. and he so just she's, she's evil she's pure evil yeah. and she emasculates him at every turn mm-hmm. and she takes advantage of him at every turn mm-hmm. because he's got the he's a dentist so he has the money mm-hmm. and just like so I say that to say though. Mm-hmm. And I understand, by the way, that The Hangover is not Thelma and Louise. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's a comedy, and, yeah. I, and I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point I'm making is that, you know, I don't think that anybody was saying, ah, well, do we really want to make the women all, like, kind of right. like oh. this? Or do we really want to be in a movie that's a, is all about dudes, like, being dudes together? Right. Do we really, do, uh, should we? Yeah, is that should the women alien? feel more real? It, yeah, and, like, you know, not, like, you know, multidimensional and not just one thing. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and no one says that. No one ever says that. No. And by the way, there are women like Rachel Harris's sure. character in yeah. The Hangover. Um, just like there are women like the truck driver right. in Thelma and Louise. Yeah. It's just the idea that we have to be very delicate right. with, with men's feelings. With feelings. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sorry for the men who are listening to this, by the way. We are not man haters. No. But it's just a, it's it's a like a symptom of movies have been pretty much largely about men by men and so when things it's like it's the same thing as like the wonder woman women only screening that the draft house was gonna do Mm -hmm. or did do like i think it was like what one screening and it was like women don't get this yeah we don't get this you get this literally all the time right let us have this but the fact that there were men out there who took the fact that there was going to be a women only screening of wonder woman yeah as an insult to men yeah, I mean, it explains a lot why, you know, you would 
see people complaining about the male characters in Thelma and Louise. Yeah, and you know what else? Like, it's funny. I don't know if I've ever said this uh, out loud. I, 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 we talked about it in an interview after Wonder Woman, but that one never went live. It was not my mm-hmm. show or my product. But mm-hmm. um, with the with the women's only screening of Wonder Woman, I I kind of understood it on on like surface level. Uh-huh. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I get it, but I also, I, you know, like, uh, but very surface feelings. Yeah. And then when I went to see Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. I went by myself and I went like on a more, whatever that Friday morning was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I sat down and I was already feeling kind of a little emotional. Uh-huh. And this guy who was also there by himself mm-hmm. sat right next to me. Oh, God. Um, and he didn't do anything wrong. He just was sitting in his seat. Yeah. But all of a sudden, what happened was I was very aware of if I cry, is this man going to see me cry? Yeah. Am I going to be perceived as weak? Mm-hmm. Can I, I cannot Can fully I? In experience mm-hmm. emotionally yeah. what is happening. Mm-hmm. And... And it really, I I know that the term safe space has gotten really politicized, Mm -hmm. um, but I will say, and I am not a fragile flower. Mm -hmm. I am not like, I am not a snowflake to use another very political term, Uh but um, that was a moment where I was like, you know what? I actually would have really liked to just have my own space yeah. to experience Well, this also, thing. was this a theater where you chose your, like, where you where you got to, like, um, pick your pick seat? Pick your own seats. I, it was, I think. So he chose a seat right next to one other person. It was, yeah, the circumstance was, no, again. This, I mean, that's just, that's a little uncomfortable just in itself, no matter what movie you're seeing. True. Like, you know. Yes. But, yeah. It, it was heightened, though. It was heightened. Yeah. So I say that because I, I think that, Perhaps uh, it would be like to use an anecdotal experience about why a screening like that could be important mm-hmm. and why it's not um, an insult, mm-hmm. um, you know, like and I also think that this is this is the bigger point is like because I was thinking about this. If we want to use Shawshank Redemption as the example, like the idea that, you know, a woman could be emotionally invested in Shawshank Redemption. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, because the way that this works is that everybody has been asked to identify with. I and can, can identify. Conditioned. That's right. Yeah. I can identify with Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I can identify with Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I can identify with pick pick one. Right. Um. I, I Marty McFly. Yeah. I want to oh, yeah. be Marty McFly. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Nobody wants to be Jennifer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that. I think is the the trick. Is is could it were there like are people able to identify with Diana Prince? Right. Are they able to identify mm-hmm. with Thelma or yeah, Louise? Right. Um, and it's sad to me that there's a whole segment of our of the population of the world who don't who aren't able or comfortable mm-hmm. putting themselves in those shoes. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's been that's an issue in movies. That's an issue with books. I mean, that's, that's the reason why you have chick lit and mm-hmm. chick flicks, you know? It's like, granted, you know, the traditional, what you might call chick flick isn't always the most, you know, actual good movies mm-hmm. anyway. But um, 
But that's why movies like Wonder Woman and like Hunger Games mm-hmm. even are like so important because like, I mean, my husband is a huge, you know, he's, I don't know if he's gonna listen to this or not, but <laughs> he's, uh, you know, huge, huge, like nerd, mm-hmm. loves all like fantasy movies, like Star Wars, all that kind of stuff. Like he loves the Hunger Games movies. And to me, that was just so awesome that he is like so able, like if, if there's a good story to be told, Men can identify with women. I think maybe it's also just that maybe, like, good stories haven't always mm-hmm. been told with women at the, you know, in the, which Thelma and Louise is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah, listen, that movie got a lot of critical acclaim. It got six Academy Award nominations. Mm-hmm. So, clearly at the time, it resonated, hopefully, with even with more than just women, mm-hmm. you know? But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's about giving the men the opportunity to identify with women by having more stories about women, mm-hmm. you know, and not, not just, you know, romantic right. stories. Right. Yeah. Okay. So everybody mm-hmm. who comes on the show <laughs> gets to pick a movie that is not on the list yes. that they would add to the list. Uh-huh. Do you have a pick? Yes, I do. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Well, so this is from the thrills list. Uh-huh. So, um, I, you've talked about the thrills list before on the show and about how it's sort of a jumble of, Horror and action, mm-hmm. sci-fi, that kind of thing. It's basically kind of the genre list, yes. I guess I would say. Um, so one that I would say is an absolute modern classic that should be on the list next time they they re-up um, would be Scream. Yes. Scream. Yeah, it is. That movie, I mean, I don't know how. I think people look back on it in a very positive light. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, know, I, I don't know if it's just me, but that movie is you know, at the time might have just been looked at as like a teen slasher movie, but it is, the script is so smart. Yes. It is a slasher movie where you really care about the characters and you care what happens to them and you really kind of get to know them. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, it, it reinvented the slasher and really reopened like teen horror movies up. So, I mean, I think that movie 100% deserves to be on an AFI list. So. so it's funny that you say that Ooh, uh-huh. because the other day I was revisiting the thrills list mm-hmm. um, because Halloween is on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I had thought that A Nightmare on Elm Street was on it. It's not? It's not. And what? Now Freddy Krueger is a ranked villain okay. on their villains list. Yeah. But and so I thought oh that's weird yeah. that you know, Halloween, and Halloween is, I think it's in the 60s in terms of the oh, list. Yeah. Mean, well, actually, I wanted to ask you that. So yeah. do you, are those rankings, or is this just like, here's 100 movies, are those literal, are they rankings? I guess rankings. they are, because Psycho is number one, and then yeah. like Jaws or something. Yeah, which obviously those two are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they are ranked. They're okay, rankings, okay. for sure. Yeah, okay. Um, and so I, so I started digging into the thrills list a little bit more, uh-huh. because you can look at, uh, there are guidelines okay. in there, and you can see the, the 500 uh, movies that are submitted for consideration. Oh, okay. And... Scream was on the list okay. of, oh, so of was... submitted films, okay. but it, it was not, it didn't make the cut. Do you know when, like what year they 
maybe or when was the last time they updated the that's list? a good question i think there's as far as i know there's only been one so all of those secondary lists mm-hmm. there's only been one of them okay gotcha. they've never gone back and revamped them okay. um like they have the 10 year 100 year mm-hmm. list gotcha yeah okay so um but but scream was was in and nightmare on elm street was not are you kidding yeah which i I have my own feelings about, like, Wes Craven is my favorite of the horror auteurs. I, it makes me so sad. Not that I really would ever maybe get the chance, but it makes me really sad that I will never get the chance to meet him. Oh, yeah. Because I just, he, I love him so much, and everything that I've heard about him is just that he was just, like, the warmest yep. man, and it just makes me really sad. And so smart. Yeah. And, like, yeah. really thoughtful. I mean, between Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream, yeah. he did so much for, like, teen horror. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, because he treated those characters with respect. Yeah. I think that's the thing that always circled through or 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 um circulated through Wes's work was a respect for young people yeah because mm-hmm. most people do not respect young people but but that being said like you know with scream specifically um I okay so spoiler alerts for scream <laughs> if you haven't seen it you should see it. please pause the podcast um but that is another one where you know I it's okay little doggies Continue. they're they're being little they're just being guard dogs yeah, they're just doing their job <laughs> um but they so scream is a movie the reason I love that movie so much and it's in my top five favorite horror movies mm-hmm. of all time yeah is in addition to the script which is amazing yeah. um and and the cast is yes. perfect it's so, and yeah. Wes is you know really at the top of his game yeah. at that point um that the movie lets young young people as in the killers take responsibility for what they've done yeah like i love that billy and Stu are not remorseful Uh and they and they know like and i love that billy knew why they were doing what they were doing Uh and he he very like you know movies don't make psychos movies make psychos more creative which is just a it's a it's a great line (laughs) but like it's also the sentiment of you know it's something that Wes had dealt with his whole career was the idea of like movies are not responsible for making people dangerous and the release of you know what I mean yeah that's why I mean that's why I think I have loved horror movies is like I'm kind of a baby in a lot of ways and horror movies allow you to feel fear and then you're you're safe. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it is such a release like and and in times of stress or, you know, it, it can be such sort of almost like a comfort. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, there's varying levels of horror movies. Obviously, there's horror movies that also really like explore topics that are very necessary like in the Babadook or like Mm -hmm. Get Out you know um, social commentary or you know just exploring something like grief like horror movies can be so um, just uh, like really just uh, smart explorations of of more intellectual topics Mm -hmm. but then they can also be really fun like you know silly slasher movies absolutely and also i think you know what's always been fascinating to me is that scream a movie like scream predated sorry guys this is gonna get real so (laughs) i hope you're ready um but it is important to talk about in terms of like respect for that film a movie like scream uh predated columbine yeah you know and and the columbine massacre of 
you know, these two boys, these two friends, and there you can, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, the media narrative of who those boys were is very different than who they actually were. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not loners. They were mm-hmm. not bullied. Yeah. That was that was complete horseshit. Yeah, the, the one kid, the the one who was sort of the mastermind, he was very charming, yeah. right? And, and really well-liked. And had liked. girlfriends yeah. and, like, all of that stuff. So yeah. it, was, it was complete horseshit mm-hmm. um, because it makes us feel safe Mm-hmm. to say right. this could only happen because of these crazy circumstances right. and and these boys were pushed and they mm-hmm. snapped and all of that stuff because yeah. it is truly terrifying to think that two boys from a upper middle class suburb mm-hmm. would get together and decide we're going to murder our yeah. classmates yeah. and guess what that's what scream is yeah right well actually you know it's it's interesting um that you bring up uh that the whole um, movies don't make psychos uh-huh. and all that stuff. Um, I actually, I totally forgot about this. I don't remember what year it was, but there was a, basically, there was a murder that happened after two boys did watch Scream. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear about about this? I, it's vaguely familiar. Yeah, I forget. I, there was some documentary on Netflix, I think, but they, I, I mean, I don't think it was like, you know, some big... I don't know if they even really planned to go through with it, uh-huh. but I know that it, it sort of was influenced by they. But but basically, yeah. I mean, they they kind of um, like tortured, not tortured, but like played or like messed with a girl who was alone in a house uh-huh. and then ended up like stabbing her to death, which mm. is absolutely horrifying. Yeah, and shocking to think that that like the, that that actually didn't even get more like yeah. People didn't talk about it. More. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see the documentary? Um, uh, the Slender Man documentary. Yes. So, yes. so that I really loved that movie mm-hmm. um, because I liked how basically the film set up uh, these two girls as really being susceptible mm-hmm. to influence. Yes. yes. And one of them. Um, was a was she undiagnosed? Was she diagnosed schizophrenic? I think she was undiagnosed, but her dad, her father yeah. was diagnosed. Yeah. Um, and and that is not to say that um, that any person who is diagnosed with with that condition is right. inevitably right. That, yeah, that's not, not. But but she was not medicated right. for her um, situation. Yeah. And that, especially a condition like that, mm-hmm. is um, is you know dangerous to not to not be able to not be medicated yeah um and so i say that to say though that i really appreciated how that movie sort of went into or that film went into the um the idea that children children are susceptible um to influence but it also wasn't slender man's fault you yeah, know what i'm saying right, yeah. like like it, it's just it when children are lost or in a place where they need something to hold on to right if it's not their parents mm-hmm. and it's not their friends mm-hmm. it could be um reddit threads or right. 4chan mm-hmm. or right. um or you know uh or creepypasta yeah you know it's and it's not look it's not there's no black and white answer mm-hmm. i am not saying that it's oh well if only those parents were watching those children 24 hours a day right like right. i mean you're a parent and you know that this is not <laughs> it's not possible it's not but also you see you know in that movie you hear from the parents and you obviously know that like these people didn't there was there was really 
nothing to tip them off yes. to anything. Oh, like absolutely. This, you know? and, yeah. And, and, yeah, and I think that that's probably the case a lot of the time. And they don't strike me. They, the parents in that film especially, uh, at least from my interpretation, didn't strike me as absentee no, parents no, in any yeah, way and felt such remorse. Yeah. And, and so, but anyway, to your to the point, though, about, like, the copycat, yeah. you know, um, it's just... You know, it's just really interesting. It's it's a tough. It's very yeah. It's hard because, yeah, again, like I totally forgot that that even happened, and you don't. It, it's 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 just weird. It's it's hard. It's hard to say because the fact that that sort of was influenced by Scream. You know, you don't want to then go on some. Um, what was the was it Al Gore's wife or yeah Tipper yeah, Gore yeah, yeah. I want to go on some censorship yep you know because obviously a lot of kids watch that movie and didn't do that right um but it is it is actually just kind of interesting because Scream is so meta mm-hmm. about movies and he has that line mm-hmm. and then something like that does happen sure. in real life it's it's just sort of eerie you know it's, it's really eerie that's to, that- to quote American Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> but but that is the thing and and that's I think the thing that that I, I the idea that Kevin Williamson tapped into something mm-hmm. that had been simmering beneath the surface and then really exploded to the forefront mm-hmm. um through through Columbine or through whatever else yeah. you know it's um it, it was it is eerie yeah and it's intuitive yeah and it's a conversation that people are still uncomfortable having yeah when when you know um girls and boys who are supposed to be a, supposed to be mm-hmm. um a certain way with a certain upbringing are right. capable of doing something right. that they sh- that is horrifying yeah you know yes yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's... Heavy a, stuff. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> what a good place to I end. Know, sorry. <laughs> sorry to bring that up. I just had to because I, no. I had forgotten about it. And it was like, yeah, every time I, re- I reminded of that, I'm just... It's, it is horrifying. It it's is. But because Scream is a movie that I love to watch and brings me joy. Yeah. But then to think about, you know, sort of like, well, people are being butchered in this movie. It's, you know, it's kind of the life of a horror fan is sort of like having to like reconcile a little bit with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But also if it wasn't, something tells me, and I don't know the case and I am not a doctor or psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. but something tells me that if it wasn't Scream, it would have been something else. Yeah. Clearly there was, there were many things going on. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Yes. Um, Speaking Mm -hmm. of horror movies, your horror movie, your wonderful, exciting movie, Truth or Dare, comes out on April 13th? Yes. Yes. Correct. Friday the 13th. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And um, this was super fun. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for doing Thank this. Thank you so much for having me. How great was that? Right? Not so bad? I mean, dark, right? Heavy. I wasn't lying. It wasn't like being overdramatic when I said that. I really meant getting it dark. Uh, But it was fun. It was good. It's good to have these conversations. We need to talk it out. And also, Thelma and Louise is just a great goddamn movie, you guys. I mean, go watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, go watch it. It's really good. Not it's not a girl movie like it's just a great Ridley Scott movie I I promise um, thank you so much to Jillian for for joining me and we're gonna be back we did a very special uh, specific mini episode for those five dollar monthly and higher Patreon subscribers if you go to patreon.com slash Clark Wolf uh, you will find we are talking about uh, horror uh, who better to talk about horror movies with than a screenwriter and fan of horror um, thank you again for listening. 
don't forget Terminus Conference coming up this June. Yay, fandom. That's a thing. I'm very, very excited about it. And uh, the podcast will continue. And thank you, guys. This has been super fun. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, if you can't contribute to Patreon or if you're not into that, totally cool. Please share the show, rate, review, subscribe, download all of those things. I will see you on Thursday with Ascending the Wolf Mini. Until then, bye. <laughs> Thank you.